0: Are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Before we hop into this episode, it's important to acknowledge that being a new grad and a new worker can be really hard sometimes. It's not in your head, it really can be hard. And grad school just doesn't teach us everything that we need to know to be successful in the real world with our jobs. So in order to bridge that gap, we created the Clinical Essentials for the Future Therapist. This course will fast track you into honing those skills that you need to actually help your clients in an individual setting. It'll save you time when you're trying to figure out what the heck to document. It's going to increase your confidence in your abilities that you are doing this right and give you the tools that you need to be even more effective. And it's going to improve the professional quality of your notes so that when your colleagues and your coworkers read them, they say, wow, that's a really thorough, detailed note. I love it let's do this. And it provides clarity on how to help the person. So if this sounds like something you would benefit from, definitely check the link in the show notes for the clinical essentials for the future therapist. With that, let's hop into this episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I am so glad that you are here This week, we are sitting down with Dr. Kimberly Alderson. She is a licensed clinical social worker, and she has been in the social work field for over 25 years with a background in child welfare, counseling, and currently medical social work. And she actually did her dissertation on the need for self-care and the relationship between self-care and burnout in social workers. So you know I am a huge proponent for self-care and anti-burnout in the social work industry. So you know I had to hit up Dr. Alderson. So I'm so excited we get to sit down with her and just talk with her about the dissertation that she did, the work that she did, and she really shares a lot of gems about like what does true self care look like? What does it take to be effective and to really stay in this field in for the long term if that's what you want to do so without without any further delay, <laughs> let's hop into it. I was doing some research on burnout. you know, I'm a social worker, you're a social worker, and I just I just, am not okay with this idea that, that burnout is the standard for social workers. I don't think it needs to be that way. And so I was doing some research and I found your fabulous dissertation that you completed in 2020. So I thank you so much for accepting my LinkedIn message. It was um, probably very random, but I thank you so much. And I'm glad that you did this research. I think it's very much needed. And it's you know, definitely a start. We definitely need more researchers like you. Um, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you were able to read it. Thank you. Yes, yes. So your, your dissertation is called The Relationship Between Burnout and Self-Care in the Social Work Profession. What inspired you to choose this topic? Like how did you decide on this? Wow, so the first couple
1: of weeks in uh, my my doctorate program, uh, the professor asked if um, we knew what we wanted to do a dissertation on, and of course we didn't, Um, but we kind of went around the room saying what we were interested in, and I said I was interested in self-care, and he said, oh, you'll change that by the time it's time to write. And I was like, okay. And so um, I did change my mind for a brief moment. I had gone on vacation and I was thinking about doing something with the um, victims of Hurricane Katrina. And when I got home there on my fax machine, there was a newspaper article about self care. And to this day, I don't know who sent it to me. So I knew that was a sign for me that that's what I was supposed to do. Um, because I see social workers burning out all the time. So um, I just thought about putting the two together.
0: That's amazing. What do you do for for your job? Like where where are you working with social workers? So now I um. I
1: am a medical social worker. And so I do home health um, in the Chicagoland area and parts of Indiana. So um, with that, I go into the homes, I assess seniors and people with disabilities and refer for community services so that they can stay or remain in their home independent as possible with assistance um, recently, I branched out and I've opened my own private practice.
0: Nice, that's really good. Awesome. So I'm, I wanted to, you know, I read your the, the dissertation or what was available to me online. And I noticed that you chose to use the ego psychology framework for your study can you explain what that is and why you wanted to use that particular framework? So, yes. Um, I got interested in ego
1: psychology from one of the classes. And Edna, I um, can't think of Miss Edna's last name. I spent so much time with her, but she put ego psychology in a different framework. And she talked about supporting the ego and um so when you support the ego it looks different so you're not just trying to change someone's um ideas or thoughts you're supporting them and where they're at and so when you look at the ego it's about competency um and mastering the environment so that's where the piece came in for me for social work the environment i wanted to look at the environment to see if it's the field that we're in or the environments that we work in so when you look at the ego you know we have all the and i'm not going to go all into it but you know we have our defense mechanisms um so um dr edna she looked at supporting and maintaining the ego so in some cases you deal with the past. Whereas in other parts where you support the ego, that person is competent enough and at a healthy, a semi-healthy state that you can support their ego and you don't have to go back and listen. Um, I won't say listen, but deal with the past trauma. But there is part of her her um, theory that you do but that's not the supporting of the ego. And I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank right now. I tried to get away from this dissertation after a year um, because I spent so much time, but Dr. Edna talked about supporting the ego. And so it just kind of made sense when you're looking at from a social work perspective, the environment um, and the isolation, because one of the things we do is isolate. We withdraw, and I won't say all social workers, but a lot of us um, we isolate, we withdraw and we take care of others, but we don't take care of ourselves.
0: Yes, that's so true, so true. And I was reading, you know, just the statistics that you have included in here. It's just astonishing and and heartbreaking and validating all at the same time. Um, You know, in your intro, you you include that there's 682,000 social workers in the United States. Um, So that's more than half a million, right? And then by the year 2026, (laughs) so like in five years, there's a 16% increase, which is a crazy growth in our field. Um, However, you point out that there could also be a loss of the social workers due to burnout. And I completely see this. I've seen statistics where we burn out faster than nurses and doctors. And I think, you know, I'm wondering too, is that our environment, is that something that can be prevented you know, what did you find in your study?
1: So what I found in my study, um, so my question was, my research question is, is there a relationship between engaging in self-care and the mitigation of burnout as measured as by the professional quality of life scale and the self-care assessment worksheet? So I did the research based on those. So what I found out, that there was a moderate, um, I say, um, so first let me respond to the research question. Although my research found out using those two scales, there was a weak association between self-care and burnout, but I went a step further and I looked at Um, the relationship between burnout and each factor of self-care that I studied, which was physical self-care, emotional self-care, professional self-care, spiritual self-care, professional self-care, and social self-care. So when I looked at each factor, even though there was a um, weak association, my research also concluded that as one goes up um, there's an inverse relationship between the two. I did not look at each individual person but as a I had 72 participants that I could use. Um, I was I had 95 but some of them I had to um, remove from the study because it was incomplete so I did not look at each individual individuals um scores to see if they had a lower self-care or higher self-care and lower burnout so i would love to do my study again with more participants uh, and using probably a different scale um, for the future research but i would love to look at this research again
0: Yes, I would love to, to do whatever I can to help you. If I need to put the word out and call for social workers, I will do that. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Um, and I wanted to go back to something you asked me about the ego. Um, so the person, um, it was at a Goldstein. And um, she talked about the difference between ego support and ego modifying intervention. So I wanted to go back, it's the ego oriented intervention. So that's what I used And one focus of each one's like ego supportive is current behaviors and ego modifying is looking at the past and the present and how it's affecting someone. So I just wanted to clarify that for you.
0: Thank you, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering after your research, do you have any kind of recommendations on how we can prevent burnout and not become one of those burnt out social workers that were weren't were warned about? So one of the things
1: I found um, as I was on this journey was that I started implementing some things for myself. Um, in the area of of physical self-care I started taking walks every morning before I went to work and I found that that did help me I changed some of my eating habits I exercised Um, one of the things we don't get enough sleep so when you look at that from the physical standpoint we need to try to get more rest Um, we need to eat better because a lot of us I know I do. I can't speak for everyone, but we skip lunch sometimes. Um, It's more than just the massage. It's more than just taking a day off. It's really being intentional about self-care and it's a daily intervention. So it's not like, oh, I'll do this in two weeks and I'll be better. No, this is a daily practice. So I, I won't tell people that you need to do all of these domains at one time, because that's too overwhelming. So if you're working on your physical, work on your physical. If you're working on your emotional self-care and for a long time as a practitioner, because I've been a social worker 27 years, and it wasn't until about four years ago that I sought my own mental health therapy. So I think we as social workers need to address some of the reasons. we come into social work. Um, Some people say they come into social work because of their desire to help people or from their past, which drove them this way. So if it's our past that drove us to help people, then let's help ourselves. We are always helping others. And sometimes we forget to help ourselves. Um, Socially, we engage in activities. You know, it's okay to wanna be alone sometimes, but it's better when we get out, experience our cultures, Um, take a day off and go to the museum, hang out with your family, with your children if you have children. Um, Professionally, um, I think we need to start negotiating for ourselves, you know, because um, sometimes we get lumped into other professions, you know, with the teachers unions uh, when there's a strike or with the healthcare workers, the nurses, and I think sometimes social work needs to stand along and say we are a profession and we demand respect and have boundaries. And even the organizations that we work for, I think I I won't say we should have. Um, unions i've heard social workers over the years say we should have unions but there's something we need to do as a profession so that people recognize us as social workers that we are forced to be reckoned with um it's social work is like self-care it's paramount we're unsung heroes it's just like self-care you need that it's it helps it's paramount that you practice self-care and I don't care how old you are and i don't care what profession you're in we have to practice self-care um i I probably could go on and on you know i noticed that some of the social workers that participated in my study they had better self-care when it came to their spirituality like they talked to their pastors or they meditated they did things that was from a spirituality standpoint and with those social workers overall their self-care in that area was extremely high compared to some of the other areas
0: i love that preach it dr alderson (laughs) (laughs) i am here for it we definitely need to embrace all that we bring to the table advocate for ourselves in every space that we're in. And yes, we are our own profession. So we can definitely learn from the nurses and the teachers, but I agree with you. I'm totally with you. We need to be standing on our own two feet. Now is the time. I am feeling the shift in the industry and I'm super optimistic that people like you are just leading the change that we're gonna see in the next coming years.
1: Yes, and I think... One of the things that would change um, when we become social workers or we're preparing to become social workers, the schools of social work should begin to implement self-care and burnout reduction in their curriculum. Um, And I think that's part of the foundation because sometimes new social workers aren't prepared for these high caseloads that they walk into. Um, Like child welfare workers, they have these High case loads or mental health professional, uh, if we have these high case loads and we don't know how to handle it, I just graduated. You know, we have to make use of supervision too. It's not all on um, the social worker. It's on the schools to have these programs in place so that social workers learn. Okay, yes, this this um, field might have some burnout problems, but let's teach them how to advocate for themselves. Let's teach them how to practice self-care. Let's teach them how to reduce burnout. So if we go into the profession, knowing that that's that possibility, but we've been given some tools and techniques to help reduce it, I think we would have less burnout um, from a professional standpoint because we've learned in our educational process that this is a possibility, but at the same time, we've learned these techniques.
0: Yes, 100%. And you know what? honestly, as a student, I thought that I was that I wouldn't be able to be burnt out because I'm quote, just a student. but as students, you're essentially operating in burnout mode so that when you get to the field, you don't even know what's going on. Like you don't even know that it's already started to happen. So I definitely agree, you know, once we can start getting that foundation in in the universities. And by the way, if you're listening and you're with the university, I am available to talk and to teach your students. Just putting that out there. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> thank you for
1: that. Effort. I will uh, if I decide. Yeah, if I decide to go back into the university setting, I will remember you. Yes. Um. So, uh, one more thing I wanted to say. Um. Social workers should also one of the things for self care should be encouraged to boost their ability to self regulate because that's part of the ego, the learning of self regulation, trust Absolutely. in their judgment. What, how do we self-regulate? Tell me, tell me. Okay, so part of self-regulating is knowing when to say no or enough is enough or when our anxiety is up, how do I combat this anxiety? When I'm depressed, how do I combat my depression? What tools do I need to work with? Whether it's going for supervision, whether it's going for mental health therapy, um, having a friend to talk to, not just complain, But just having somebody to vent to, um, practicing self-care, you know, from the professional standpoint, get the trainings. Don't just say, oh, I need training, you know, before November 30th so I can get my CEUs. Get the training that for the two years, you know, take that time across two years. Get training outside of your job. And that's what I did not do. I was in child welfare for 15 years. So all of my training was really geared toward child welfare. And now I'm on the mental health side of it. Like, wow, you know, all this time I should have been looking at something in addition to child welfare. Um, So that's, you know, learning how to control your anxiety. Use good coping skills, not bad coping. Uh, They're not even um, coping. There their um, defense mechanisms that we use, um, but learning coping skills. Um, so that helps us self-regulate, but also we need to trust in our judgment. We know sometimes when something's not right to go that extra mile to figure out what's going on here, or, you know, and not letting others say, oh, why are you doing this? Because you're a good social worker you have an instinct about yourself and the the, the ability to make sound decisions. We're not miracle workers, but we can make some very good decisions to help our clients um, without over controlling or under controlling their ability to be essential in their own environment. So we have the ability to help our clients, but we need to use the same ability to help our clients to help ourselves. avoid isolation internalizing you know or being in denial or rationalizing because we do rationalize things at times you know if i could just get through this if i could just get through this i'll be back
0: there's always something else so like i said i could go on and on about social
1: work and self-care
0: i love it dr alderson i am here for it thank you so much for all of the amazing gems that you just dropped on us. If people want to follow you and stay in contact and the work that you do, where can they find you? So
1: I'm on Instagram at Dr. Kim Alderson. And um, let's connect with Dr. Kim is my website. I have a podcast called Self-Cure on Anchor. But yeah, that's probably the easiest way is following me on Instagram as Dr. Kim Alderson or connecting with me through my website. Again, it's uh, connect with Dr. Kim and it's connect with a K.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Dr. Alderson. It was a complete pleasure. And we will keep in contact because I know that you're gonna be doing some research soon. I am happy to be a part of that. I am happy to come to universities and talk to your students. Let's get this done. Let's eliminate this burnout in the social work profession. Yes, and thank you for having me. I appreciate your
1: time, your efforts, and what you're doing, and keep allowing your platform to have social drive because it's more social workers like you that's going to help social workers in the long run. So thank you again for having me. And yes, I will let you know when I'm going to do research. And if you come across research that you want to do, remember me, okay?
0: I will. I definitely will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If this episode helped you, please help me spread the word by leaving a review wherever you listen to your podcast and share that you're listening. Tag me on social media. I love it. I will repost and reshare. I love it. Social currency is free, but it is so valuable. Also, I'd love to hear from you on Instagram. I really do respond. I really do love it when you give me your feedback. Lastly, This is not therapeutic advice or business advice or any other kind of personalized advice. To get that, you definitely need me as your coach. So please, again, reach out to me on Instagram. I can't wait till next week. I will see you then. All the love. Bye.